Hey teachers, if you're tired of not knowing how to create your lessons that reach EL newcomers in your classroom in a way that your content is actually accessible to them, and you no longer want to be limited by the constant push to move your ELs forward without concrete understanding behind why simple accommodations in your already existing lessons make all the difference for the newcomers, I have something exciting to share with you. I have compiled every masterclass I have ever recorded on how to teach and reach English learners in a regular education classroom. I am talking strategies, how-tos, and ready-made resources, and have created a digital masterclass library called Light the Way to EL Teaching Success, where you can get instant access to 10 practical and actionable videos eight done-for-you lessons, and one professional development certificate for three hours of your time. If you are looking for practical PD that you can do on your own time and gain all the knowledge you need about teaching English learners from the comfort of your home, Light the Way to Yale Teaching Success Digital Masterclass Library is for you. To learn more and to join, click the link in the show notes, and I cannot wait to see you inside. You're listening to episode 99 of the ESL Teaching Podcast. This is episode three of the three-part series called You Can't Buy Language at Walmart, Three Essential But Overlooked Details of Teaching Language to EL Newcomers and Beyond. In the previous episodes, I talked about the time it takes to acquire a language and about proficiency levels and why they are essential for teachers to know when working with English learners. Today, I wanted to talk about the classwork and homework our ELLs have to do and about what how we can make it more manageable and effective. The amount of academic work is highly dependent on the student grade level and school, but I wanted to offer a few insights about what can be done to battle teacher and student overwhelm when it comes to assigning work to English learners. I will share a seemingly simple phrase, which is so elusive when we try to implement it in real life insights into why it is important to pause and review what we're doing, and ways to make classwork more targeted for ELs. As always, I'm also inviting you to book your free consultation with me so we can discuss the unique needs of multilingual learners specifically in your school. All right, let's get to the episode. Welcome to the ESL Teaching Podcast. I'm your host, Yeva Grossless, otherwise known as Simply Yeva, and I am so thankful that you tuned in. I'm looking forward to sharing both my knowledge and experience on this podcast, as well as that of my fellow teachers. Hello, hello, everyone. As you know, I work with ELs in middle and high school, but when I talk with my colleagues at the elementary levels, the sentiment is very similar about what I'm going to share today. What I'm seeing every day is that there are a lot of pieces our students have to juggle daily, from simple understanding of the school and class schedule to navigating online classroom space and finding and submitting the assignments, to the actual amount of cognitive work they have to be engaged in, not to mention the interruptions of announcements or fire drills or something like that. The models of serving ELs vary in different states and schools, but more frequently than 
than not, we see that schools don't see multilingual learner teaching as the area of priority. This results in few teachers serving a lot of students with little guidance, or there is a belief that students will learn eventually since they are exposed to English every day, all day long, or the schedule of the EL specialist is so overcrowded that there is no time to even plan or collaborate with other teachers, and therefore there is no real system for serving multilingual learners. This leads to a huge lost opportunity, an opportunity for teachers to work together and find common ground. I talk with a lot of EL teachers who feel that they are not heard and who, like me, shake their heads when they see the quantity of assignments ELs, especially newcomers, are expected to complete, often without proper supports. So I wanted to share my insights into what really works, and that is the most simple phrase, yet, like I mentioned in the introduction, the most elusive one. Less is more. According to EssentialSchools.org, when teachers put it into practice, less is more affects virtually every aspect of schooling, from curriculum to pedagogy, from teachers' tasks to student schedules. Now, the characteristics of English language learners varies across the U.S., but one thing is clear, the EL population will continue to grow, and among them, there are so many capable future scientists and historians and members of other professions that are not given an equitable chance to show what they can due to the heavy linguistic and cognitive load. Now, It is important, one thing is important, and I wanted to note it, there is a distinction between learning a language in the classroom specifically for language, where less doesn't necessarily mean more. When we're learning a language, we need to know more words, we need to practice grammar more, we need to be exposed to more language in a strategic way. However, we're talking about the content area classroom where there are tons of assignments that simply don't land for ELs and especially for those who are newcomers or beginners. So here are my reasons uh, why less is and should be more at lower proficiency levels. Number one, students need more time to process the information and to complete assignments, which means they need to have the necessary knowledge in order to complete those assignments. This also means that the teacher has to take the time to pre-teach the vocabulary and concepts and break them down in an understandable manner so that the ELs have the tools to work with. Number two, when only essential information is taken out of the unit and presented to an English learner, the chances that the information will stick are higher. The teacher will have the time to adjust the teaching to meet the needs and proficiency level of an English learner, and the student will have the necessary time to grasp and process the concepts. Number three, less stuff equals more thoughts and going deeper. We have to understand that trying to learn a lot of stuff at once only scratches the memorization level. In order to really learn and to really use our minds, students need to think things through, and that takes time. To read something is first to understand it. Only then one can engage with analysis. To speak well, one has to know the words, to be able to pronounce them, and to practice and learn through mistakes. Only then one can feel more confident. 
To write well, it takes tons of drafts, revisions, going back and forth. And writing for English learners is one of the toughest tasks in any content area because most of the assignments are geared towards native speakers. For example, an assignment to research XYZ and write a summary paragraph or here's a topic, write an essay. This is where student proficiency levels come into play and knowing what they're able to do at their specific level becomes crucial. I shared this information in episode 98, so take a listen to that to learn more. I will link it in the show notes. Number four, according to the National Science Teaching Association, English language learners are increasingly entering classrooms using student-centered instruction that places a greater emphasis on spoken language. And active learning is beneficial for a range of student outcomes. The practices force language learners to carry a heavy cognitive uh, load in a complex and challenging environment. Simply put, The less is more principle in speaking is making language and content accessible to students and again asking for outcomes that they are able to produce at the level they're at, at the same time helping them move forward. So how do we decide what is less and how do we make it more and how do we decide what to cut so that the instruction becomes more focused on quality. This is not an exactly easy question to answer, but here are some uh, ideas and my take on it. If everything is important, then nothing is. This is not my quote, but it sums up the topic of this episode idea quite nicely. If there's a long list of assignments that the students need to complete and all of them seem very important, then there is no focus. I think it is necessary to reiterate here, especially that this can be applied to working with ELs in the classroom. What if we redefined the workload we're giving English learners, taking into account what they can do at the time they are in your class, and focus on strategic instruction and quality of work instead? Earlier in this episode, I talked about the time it takes for an average newcomer or beginner to process the information they receive in class every day, and that is a lot. By giving them assignments that will help them move towards the overall goal of the unit and the course, we will help them learn not only your content, but also the language, and the learning will stick. When I work with ELs, a lot of them are overwhelmed by the amount of work they have to complete. But just to be clear, and I want and I want my students to know this, we want them to perform to the highest standards because we believe in them and we know they're capable. We want them to learn. We want them to expand their thinking and linguistic capabilities. We are not making them slack. We are giving the tools to help them access the content. So before trying to see how you can make less is more, here are some questions to consider. The first one is this. The first place to start would be by looking at the essential questions of your unit and asking, how can I get my students there? What is a must know versus nice to know? The second one is, what language is necessary for the student to grasp the concept? 
If your curriculum is heavy on reading articles and doing online research, how can we help our EL students access this information? For newcomers and beginners, reading the information in their first language would make sense. However, since we are asking them to present it in English, the language we want them to use needs to be taught. The third one is this. Are there a lot of open-ended creative assignments? If so, they are great. But it is also important to have in mind that they're very uncomfortable for a lot of ELs due to a number of reasons, cultural and linguistic, for example, and addressing those uh, is also essential. And the fourth one is simple. What is the standard? Here's an example uh, that my students recently had to do. Their task was to write a summary of a scene from Romeo and Juliet in the form of a Shakespearean sonnet. Now, I would think it is quite a challenging assignment even for a native speaker, especially one who is not into poetry or reading or anything like that. But for an English learner, it is a tall order. Knowing the iambic pentameter and the rhyme scheme of a sonnet is not enough in this case. One must have the words and the syntax to make it happen, which for English learners is a heavy and long process. If the standard is to write a summary, one way to adapt this to reach the multilingual well, students would be simply to provide parameters for them to write a good quality summary using complete sentences and specific vocabulary or structures. Now, when I work with teachers in school districts, this is exactly what we look at. What can we cut? What can we include? How can we make our teaching more strategic how can we create a system? We pinpoint the struggles. We identify the causes of why students and teachers might be struggling in the classroom. And from there, we craft a plan that works for the particular classroom in a particular district. So if you would like to learn more about how I can help your teachers and students, book a free 30-minute consultation, lead EELs to progress with me, and leave with more clarity and confidence about teaching your multilingual students. To book a call, go to my website, simplyyava.com forward slash lead, or follow the link in the show notes. And that is all for today. As always, any questions or takeaways from this episode, send me a message on Instagram or shoot me an email. I'm always happy to hear from you. Thank you for listening. And until next time. Thank you for tuning in to today's episode. If you loved what you heard today, be sure to do two things. First, make sure to subscribe to the ESL Teaching Podcast so you don't miss an episode. And second, leave a positive review wherever you listen, on iTunes, Spotify, or any other platform. Positive reviews will improve the chances of this podcast to be discovered in the feed and help our fellow ESL ELL teachers. And of course, there's a third thing. If you aren't following me on social media yet, come join me on Instagram at SimplyYevaESL, Facebook SimplyYeva, or connect with me on my website, SimplyYeva.com. Thanks again, and until next time.